Hey, do you have a friend who's transgender? Maybe you are that friend. Do you have questions that don't know who to ask? Do you even know what to ask? This is Ask Me About My Weird, where we talk about our journey as two best friends. I am HT Trans and DWD. We are here to give you insight and a place to ask those questions. We're back. I am DWD, a uh, dude with a D. <laughs> dude with a D. Mm-hmm. I am HT Trans, but you can just call me H. This week, we're going to be talking about bathrooms. For whatever reasons, in the discussion when transgender issues come up, everybody always jumps to the bathroom, right? Everybody poops, dude. And it's true. I think people tend to forget it. It's a book. It's a thing. Everybody poops, right? Doesn't matter what parts you got. You're dropping a dump somewhere, right? It is what it is. Tell you what, though. I do miss the bathrooms. Really? I miss the ladies' bathrooms. So what's the difference? Okay. One, it's the smell. Okay. Dudes don't give a shit. You're right. Yeah. And I have learned through... Okay. I don't know if it's the testosterone. There's obviously not been enough studies. There's something about it. But my shit definitely does stink now way more than it did before the transition. Really? Transition. So do you feel like your diet changed at all? I still like snacks. Still like the same snacks. But I mean, if anything, I would say from the time that you transitioned to now, your diet's actually gotten better because really like when we were in college, it was like, okay, we're going to have midnight pie and all kinds of random things. Midnight and- pie was bomb. Now I'm just like, sleep's better. Mm-hmm. No, I, I don't know. I mean, I ate like garbage back then. Mm-hmm. I was more physically active. That's true. I don't eat like garbage now. I'm less physically active. But I'm telling you, when I take a dump now, it's like, oh, that's bad. bad. Okay. Have you ever seen bathroom onions? Yes, and I looked it up, and apparently it's not really a thing. Apparently it's just a thing to fuck with people. But I've seen it before. What, like you went to a chick's house and they had bathroom onions? No, that's... Okay, women are a lot classier than that. They're going to do, like, potpourri and things like that, right? If they're going to stick something in there, it's going to be something, like, aesthetically pleasing. Like, a dude's going to be like, oh, yeah, onions. Okay. Sure. It'll absorb smell. Yeah, Scientifically, onions actually absorb bacteria, and mm-hmm. bacteria does smell, which is why usually when people get food poisoning... It's because of something that had onion in it. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that if that correlates to the bathroom thing. But of course, you would not eat the shower onions or the bathroom Obviously. onions because bacteria. It's there for a purpose and consumption is not the purpose. So if you use bathroom onions, let us know. Are you personally invested in bathroom onions? Do you buy specific bathroom onions? Do you do green onions? Do you do shallots? Do you do white? Do you do brown? What do you do? Yellow onions? So the big issue everybody runs into is my kid is in the bathroom. This transgender person is, they they always go to, oh my God, this is a pedophile in there. They're just trying to be with my kid. Here's what I truly, truly hate about that debate. A, if the pedophile wants to go in the bathroom, they're going to go in the bathroom anyway. Yeah. They don't care whether it's a ladies room or a men's room. They're not there for the reason that that bathroom sign says. They're there for child in the bathroom. And by the way, pedophiles like little boys too, not just Mm -hmm. little girls. So it doesn't really matter what bathroom they're in. All people are seeing is that caricature of what a trans person is, which is like a dude with a wig and a beard wearing a dress too small for his body and stuffed bra. For me, the whole bathroom debate, I always look at it different, right? Because I always see the there's that person who's going to demonize a transgender person, right? My perspective is my best friend is trans. Let's say we're at a... 
a sporting event or something, yeah. wherever we're at, right? Man, having a dude with a D <laughs> be your best friend when you are a trans man is the most helpful thing in the world for public events and bathrooms. So you go to the bathroom, and I always have that. What if this is the one time that he runs into that one guy who's just super transphobic, right? Being the best friend, I have that. I need to back my buddy up. Which I thankfully appreciate so much that you always got my back because, A, and this is not even just a human thing. This is an animal thing. Going to the bathroom is like the most vulnerable thing any creature can do, right? Oh, yeah. And Very all much so. you're trying to do is have a human moment. You're just trying to take care of that biology. Yeah. And yet you are now at your most vulnerable. And unfortunately, this has become a whole new thing because- like we were talking about, everybody wants to think about trans bathroom issues being the dude in the dress that's after their little girls. They're not thinking about me. Mm-hmm. I'm They're just a regular average dude. I'm not in the ladies room. If I walk in the ladies room, you're going to get upset. Yeah. I am not an overly muscular or man type of guy, but I'm a very regular average Joe dude. Mm-hmm. And I was freaking out ladies in the ladies room before I transitioned when I was just a very butch out lesbian at the time. Yeah. I have funny stories and incidences of walking into the ladies' room, catching ladies off guard, and having to explain, still technically a girl. Mm-hmm. Now I just look like the weird dude who always has to take a shit because while everybody else is waiting for the stalls and they're like, here, it's okay, your turn. And I'm like, no, I got to wait for that thing over there. Mm-hmm. That's riddled with all of its own kind of problems. Because like I said, I, I miss the ladies' rooms. You know why? There's not always a door in the stall in the men's room. Uh, yeah. Or if there is a door, I went to the bar with you one time mm-hmm. and they just renovated. So I was like, cool, nice new bathroom. The door was like two doors that like were just supposed to kind of close in on each other. They didn't even fully like. Like a Western like swing door yes, kind of situation? except they weren't level with each other. So one just kind of closed in on the other. So it was uh-huh. basically always open. Yeah. So I'm like in there like bracing like an arm bar against the door so that I can pee and not have somebody try to like, oh, I didn't know you were in there, bust in, see that I'm taking a piss and it uh-huh. become a whole incident. Yeah. Because here's the thing. We love to talk about the vulnerability of the little girl that the pedophile is going to get that must be a trans pedophile now all of a sudden. Uh-huh. I still have to worry about getting raped in the bathroom and nobody cares about that. Because I'm the weirdo, right? Because, I mean, the bathroom is a, a very vulnerable place, right? And odds are if something's going to happen like that, it's going to happen in the bathroom. And not everybody is willing to intervene, right? Sometimes if you hear something as you're walking past a room, a lot of people just put their head down and keep walking. Oh, right? yeah. There's not a lot of people brave enough to open the door and make sure everything's okay, right? So what, this is supposed to be like Women's History Month too, right? Uh, Yes. Okay. I sent you a TikTok that was literally, they were, okay, so this is Women's History Month, right? Everybody Mm -hmm. knows that. They're doing marketing for it. This dude had his friend, who's a girl, go walk down the street in crowds. Mm -hmm. He would run up behind her, put a rag over her mouth like he was chloroforming her. Oh. Pick her up like she would fall back, pick her up and carry her and just run off with her. And nobody did anything. Okay. And they do it like eight times in different areas. I saw a similar video of this regular kid just like hanging out by himself and then somebody just like runs past and like scoops him up and runs down a dark alley. Mm. And it's kind of the same situation where they do it multiple times showing different people around. Nobody bats an eye. A lot of people will look up and you could see on their face that they recognize something bad just happened. 
But nobody does anything. Nobody mm-hmm. chases them. Nobody makes a phone call. Nothing. Yeah. So you know they're like the dudes that loiter on the sidewalk. So there's like six of them like sitting up on a fence or like got their feet on the sidewalk. So she walks right in front of like six of these guys. Mm-hmm. He then runs in front of all six of these guys. So he is literally within like two feet of them. Mm-hmm. Picks her up. And runs forward and they just straight up look at him. And she even does like a little yelp. So like, you know, it's not intentional. Sometimes he would wear a hoodie to like kind of cover his head. Other times he would completely not wear anything to see what people would do. But it was always come up from behind her, put a rag over her face until Mm -hmm. she falls limp in his body, pick her up. Sometimes he would even have to struggle a little bit, Uh but ultimately would carry her and run and nobody did anything. That's the kind of culture we're in. Mm-hmm. So again, going back to what we're talking about in the bathroom, everybody wants to pick it about the little girl. That's not the problem. The trans person is not the problem of why the little girl's getting hurt. Or by the way, the little boy that they never talk about. Yeah. It's always a little girl. Mm-hmm. It's always a precious little girl in the bathroom. She's at the one at risk because of the trans person. Mm-hmm. A little boy can be a victim just as easily. Or a trans man. Mm-hmm. Dude's bathrooms are not the same. There is a lot more risk. There is a lot more filth. I oh, mean. yeah, most definitely. There is a level of not caring when people are in the public bathrooms. How many times have you gone to the toilet and it just be drenched in somebody else's piss? Oh, yeah. We've talked about the fact that I did not have the lower surgery. Mm-hmm. I still use a men's room because I am a man. And again, don't want me walking in the ladies room just because my birth certificate originally said female. I'm sorry. You don't want that. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that's always the thing that I always think about with the bathrooms, right? Everybody thinks, oh, the children's safety. And I always think, what about my buddy? Thank you, bro. Appreciate right? that. We said it's the most vulnerable place and we've already established in society. A lot of people will look the other way if things are going bad, right? Not a lot of people are willing to step in, put their ass on the line for somebody else that they don't know, right? Not everybody has that firefighter mentality. Hey, man, there's a fire over there. I'm going in head first. I'm going to go make sure nobody's in there. Well, and there's also like when we talk about like we go to sporting events, it's a big event. There's a baseball game. Nobody outside of the bathroom can hear what is going on. It doesn't matter. There are 10 guys in there having a fight won't hear it. Mm-hmm. It won't matter. So I go to the bathroom with you so that I at least know I have one backup. Should somebody glance wrong when I'm coming out of the stall or open the stall while I'm in there, realize I'm different. And if it's the wrong guy, right? If it's the guy who wants to make a scene. Or just the one guy who's had too many beers. Even if he's not aggressive, right? Even if he just like thinks it's funny because he's that drunk, right? Mm-hmm. But then he's going to make a scene. You don't know who else is in that bathroom, who then hears it, who then might be the aggressor, yeah. who then might take it somewhere else. And he could be completely unconnected to three other people that are in that bathroom, but they are also aggressors. And now all of a sudden there's four guys ready to kick my ass Mm -hmm. because there's a tranny in the bathroom. I mean, unfortunately... I've been in the fights where we are severely outnumbered. I have not actually put you at risk in a fight. Before. No, no, that, that, that had absolutely <laughs> nothing to do with you. That was a, a drunken graduation party that broke out into like an awkward like 5v15 in the bar parking lot. Why was I not there? I think you were being a responsible adult. I'm not sure. I was not drunk enough for that. And it was it was not fun. Those days are different from now, right? Yeah. Back in college days where you had a plethora of friends around you all the time so when you're at the bar you're rolling like eight guys deep right well if something happens you know not only do you have backup we have backup from multiple angles right well and the thing that i know you and i have talked a lot about i had backup that was before i transitioned that is true 
you know how many friends I lost due to the transition. They're one of the few that stuck with me, actually. So I would not have that same backup anymore now. And it's always the friends that you'd never expect, right? Because unfortunately, one of them was supposed to be your best man at your wedding. Yes. We used to joke because he was there whenever I met my fiance, well, my wife. And we were all in the same classes together in college. We were both checking her out. And I said, dibs. And this was all before I transitioned. So I was still, and she was a super straight girl. So even me calling dibs at the time was kind of a joke because I knew he had better chance than I did. But he also respected the dibs and did not hit on her because Mm. I had called it. So when her and I started dating and then we got closer and we were getting engaged, I had asked him to be the best man because he was there from the beginning, right? But somehow between her and I getting engaged when I was hasbian, as I like to say, Mm. and me transitioning, he couldn't keep up with it. He couldn't handle it. Just kind of disappeared and started ghosting me as a friend. Now, you were always there. And again, you and I have talked about this before. I have that guilt. Like, why didn't I ask you? Well, I had a specific reason why I asked him. And it wasn't because you weren't my best friend. But it had more to do with that story than anything. It's a tough truth. You know, I mean, not everybody is okay with the transition, everything. They just can't cope with it, whether it's, uh, how did your mom explain it? She lost the daughter, but gained a son. Uh, She's fond of saying that, but at the same time, my wife is also more daughter to her than I ever really was because I wasn't so good at that. Yeah. So she still has a daughter. She was educating my mom on grieve the loss of the daughter, the the child that she had. Um, mm-hmm. When I was first looking at transitioning, I read this book that is by Chaz, Chaz Bono. Oh, uh-huh. I mean, come on. His mom is Cher, right? Yeah. I have a Barbie doll mom. My mom isn't Cher, but she's a Barbie doll, right? The one thing that really stuck with me about that book was the fact that he said that he thinks why his mom struggled with it so much was the feeling that it was a rejection of her. Because mm. his mom is Cher, this feminine icon, and yet he, of course, wanted nothing to do with that femininity. Yeah. So is that a rejection of her as a woman that you don't want to be like me as a woman and you're taking it so far that you're then becoming a man? And there's that process with that. My mom had to process when she got pregnant and thought she was having a little girl. Her and all her sisters bought me every freaking Barbie and manageable. And I wanted to play with the cars. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to play with the Barbie dolls. And I, I think everybody kind of has that, right? There's these expectations, right? Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to have a son and we're going to be playing baseball in the backyard. And you know what? I'm going to be taking those peewee games and we're going to play football and all kinds of stuff, right? Well, maybe your son doesn't want to do that. Maybe your son is like, he just wants to be a gardener. Maybe your son gay maybe your son wants to transition right maybe your son is really your daughter now it's not about you and your expectations for them you're not living your life through them right you're just trying to embrace that person for who they are and what they want to be and who they can be you know what i mean i think that historically expectation is what messes up everybody Mm -hmm. we put expectations that are either not communicated or not realistic on people and it messes them up so for these friends that i lost i think i had unrealistic expectations on them I thought we would still be the same, you know, mostly because there were jokes about how if I were a guy, I would be just like one of them. But when I actually said, hey, guys, I'm just like you, too, mm-hmm. there was all of a sudden. And the thing is, it wasn't always instant. Everybody, I've, I've had to try to give people time to process because everybody processes it differently, right? It took me time to process. It is not fair as a trans person to expect instant acceptance from me. You, as a trans person, have had all the time in the world 
to process your transition. And I say that all the time in the world, meaning from the minute you start feeling that you are not what everybody thinks you are, you are now processing. Whether or not that process takes, you know instantly what it means and you can say as a little kid, I'm really a little boy or I'm really a little girl. That's great for you, but that's not something that happens overnight. It takes time. It takes years usually decades even for a lot of people to get to that acceptance point that they are ready to make their transition, right? Uh And yet right now, when we tell somebody, hi, I'm this and I'm trans, you're supposed to accept that at face value and not account for how you might be processing those feelings. I had friends that I was sure from the beginning when I told them the way they reacted, that they were not going to be okay with it. And yet, These were people who flew out of state for my wedding because we did a destination wedding and came. I even had a buddy whose daughter was the flower girl at my wedding, and I didn't even know if he was going to ultimately be okay with it. One of the first things he did was ask me for time. I was sure he was not going to be able to handle the transition well at that time. I went home thinking, well, crap. Because even now, we have friends that I would consider good friends. Not all of them know. Right. Because you don't know where somebody stands on those issues until they're actually presented with them. Right. And if if it doesn't come up in a conversation, like you're not going to know. That's always funny in conversations when you and I are hanging out with somebody new and you can tell that Mm -hmm. I'm testing the waters to see how this person's going to react. But I can pivot when I need to. Yeah. And not go there. But your pivots always keep me on my toes because you've (laughs) pivoted before, but you've pushed the conversation far enough that they have questions and they come up to me afterwards and they're like, why was he talking about all this? I'm like, oh, no, no. It was the whatever, whatever over there. Always appreciate you on my back, buddy. Mm -hmm. Because sometimes you can't tell until, oh, no, we're too far down this conversation and I just have to end it without it going. All right, we're going to wrap it up here. I want to thank you guys for listening to another episode of Ask Me About My Wiener. Come back next time where we talk about passing privilege and the loss of identity.